Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Hopefully you are doing great today. I'm thanking you for joining me here. My name is Pastor Clark Covington, pastor of Heartland Ministries here. I'm just so glad to be here today. And I'm hoping that you have your Bible. If you're driving, don't look at it, okay? But if you're not driving, maybe you got your Bible in hand. So we're going to study the Bible here today, amen? And we are going to get a blessing. We're in the second part of a three-part series on David's deliverance. And as we look at how God delivered David, I mean, think about this from afar. You ever read a Psalm? I mean, you've got Psalms on calendars. You have Psalms on posters. I've got t-shirt with at least one t-shirt with a Psalm on. I'm sure I've got more than that probably. You know, they're so beautiful, right? You're like, man, how did he think of this? How did David write this? Where'd he get this from? Uh, many songs have been made out of Psalms. As I understand it, Psalms were songs of, of those days. Amen. Um, but, and then of course, contemporary music, again, they'll have inspiration from these Psalms. But how, how did he get this? Like where, where does it come from? And I've got news for you. Great, beautiful poetry and praise to God doesn't come from high living, fast living, fun times. Oftentimes it comes from the valley. It comes from being on the run. It comes from being uh, in the worst place that you can imagine and seeing God lift you out by his almighty hand of power from that bad place to set you on that solid rock foundation. That is what Christian living is like, is it not? We trust God. We go through turmoil. We believe on God. He delivers us from that turmoil. We give him praise. And that kind of happens over and over again, almost like the waves of the sea. They come in, they crash, they go back. They come in, they crash, they go back like a cycle. And as we live for the Lord, we're going to face opposition. We're going to face challenges. I've heard a preacher say some uh, one time, you know, a lot of times say, oh, the devil's attacking. You know, the devil may be attacking, but the flesh also is attacking, right? So we've got it from the culture. We've got a sinful flesh. The body that we're in is still corrupt even when we're saved. Amen. And you got that enmity, that warfare against God, the natural man, and you got the Holy Spirit. You got that warfare that Paul writes about. Uh, and then you've got, uh, of course, the devil attacking. It, it's tough out here. And so what we need to do is get inspiration for how David was able to praise God so authentically and so lovingly and so sincerely by going through what he went through. And at the same time, we can learn logically, you know, with our brains, we can learn intellectually that God will deliver those that are his, that God delivers those that believe on him. There's deliverance, there's godly deliverance at hand. Amen. So let's look at 1 Samuel 24. Uh, last episode, we talked about how God delivered David from Goliath and gave him the victory. And this uh, day here, we're talking about 1 Samuel 24, how God delivered David from Saul and his army, King Saul and his army, who was trying to kill David because essentially he was jealous of David. 
1 Samuel 24, we're just going to read 13, 14 verses here. And it came to pass when Saul was returned from following the Philistines, that it was told him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all Israel and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. And he came to the sheepcoats, by the way, where was a cave, and Saul went in to cover his feet. And David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. And so here we have in the first three verses setting up of the scene here of Saul with 3,000 chosen men, kind of the elite soldiers, going after David in the rocks, in the mountainous area there where the wild goats were. And he, there's a cave, and, and, and David's in this cave with his men on the side. And if you've ever been into a cave, it's pretty dark in a cave, especially if you really kind of go in there. Of course, I try not to spend too much time in caves, but from my understanding, you know, for the few times I would end up in one, it's pretty dark. So David, his men are in the cave, and, and Saul is relieving himself. I think you know what that means, and David's there. And verse 4, And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily. So verse 4 is showing that David had an opportunity to kill his enemy, Saul, who was looking to kill him because he would have been able to take him by surprise. Verse 5, and it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And so isn't this interesting? The flesh, the sinful man, desires vengeance, don't they? But we know that vengeance is the Lord's, and vengeance is not ours. And David's heart, he was convicted that he had even cut off the robe of this individual that was looking to kill him. Verse 6, And he said unto this, his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David gives his reasoning why he's not going to kill Saul, even though he has the opportunity. And it is because God himself anointed Saul as king. And if you go in the scriptures there, earlier uh, than 1 Samuel, the previous books, you read about how uh, the Israelites wanted a literal king, uh, an actual king, a person, a physical king. I don't know how you describe it. They wanted a king like everybody else had. And God's like, I'm your king. Let me be your king. And they're saying, no, 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 God, we don't want a spiritual king. We want a literal king, like a person in here. And God's like, oh, I'd be a great king because, you know, he is God. He made everything. But they didn't, they weren't satisfied with that. So he said, fine, I'll give you what you're asking for. And God gave him the prototypical king, Saul. And he was by through God's prophets, Saul's anointed, Saul's put into in, 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 as a king and control and so forth. Saul gets a big head. He's very jealous of David. Uh, There was an old saying in the Bible, it says that after David killed Goliath and had that success, that Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his ten thousands or something like that. And it just drove him nuts. And, you know, power is intoxicating. And anyone that gets into power, uh, clearly they're going to get an ego. They're going to get a big head and they're going to desire people to look upon them as the um, Lord and master and, and, and all of these things. And so he wants to take David out because he feels threatened by David. But nonetheless, he was anointed by God. After the Israelites, as a group, corporately rejected God's offer to be their king, and God then says, fine, here's Saul through his prophet. So David knows this. David knows that he is, God's anointed this individual. He said, I can't kill him because this is God's anointed. 
Verse 7, So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. David also arose afterward and went out of the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My lord the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. And so we see here David showing humility. And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt? Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how the Lord had delivered thee to today into mine hand in the cave, and some bade me to kill thee, but mine eyes spared thee, and I said, I will not put forth mine hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's, capital L, the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, yea, see the skirt of thy robe in my hand, for in that I cut off the skirt of thy robe and killed thee not. Know thou and see that there is neither evil nor transgression in mine hand, and I have not sinned against thee, yet thou hurtest my soul to take it. The Lord judge between me and thee, and the Lord, Lord avenge me of thee, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. As saith the proverb of the ancients, Wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. After whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom dost thou pursue? After a dead dog? After a flea? The Lord therefore be judge, and judge between me and thee, and see, and plead my cause, and deliver me out of thine hand. And it came to pass, when David made an end of speaking these un words unto Saul, that Saul said, Is thy, this thy voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept and wept. And so we see here, oh man, it's just, I wish I could read more for time's sake. Maybe I'll read a little bit more. Verse 17. And he said to David, thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded thee evil. Okay, I'll stop there. That kind of caps it off and sums it up. But we see so much in the scripture of David's humility. He calls himself a dog and a flea. He, he bows down to Saul. He shows Saul that he could have killed him, that he didn't. And that he continues to mention that God could be the judge or God will be the judge between Saul and him. So David is now elevating the conversation just like he did with Goliath from a literal individual to individual level to a spiritual level. And there is so much to learn here about godly deliverance. I mean, David clearly was praying for deliverance. Some of the Psalms reference him being in a cave and him being on the run. He's praying for deliverance. God grants him a unique kind of deliverance where God allows him to come in contact with Saul, but not kill Saul to show Saul that he truly wasn't going to kill him. He wasn't going to do it. He wasn't going to take over the kingdom because he knew that Saul was God's anointed. And so we see so much from this. Uh, that we can learn. And number one, that oppression leads to beautiful praise to God. And so David wouldn't have been able to give God the praise in this way if he hadn't been delivered in the way that is outlined here in 1 Samuel 24. And so as we go through hardship, instead of just you know asking questions that would be very natural, like why me or help me God, you know, calling out to God for help, which is always good. But instead of just going through that, why don't we give God the praise, amen? Why don't we give him the glory while we're going through the hardship? I mean, think about it. The most beautiful poetry can come from hard times, amen? And you know what? Uh, this isn't just a Bible thing. Ask any artist and they'll tell you their best art comes from the struggle and so forth. Well, God knows this and God's way is better than man's way. And God will put you in the fire, amen, for a season, but he'll deliver you out of that fire as he delivered David if you have faith and you believe on him. And then you can tell others through this testimony how God delivered you. I mean, think about what great testimony David has here 
immortalized for an eternity in the Bible because we know God's word never perishes. So this will be an eternal word that never perishes about how God delivered David. I can't think of anything better. And how about this? Godly deliverance comes by committing to live godly. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, think about this. How can we expect godly deliverance if we are living ungodly lives? You want God to help you get out of that problem? First step is to go to him and get right with him. Repent before him, amen. Understand that sin. Ask the Holy Spirit, by the work of the Holy Spirit, to identify what that sin is. Of course, taking a step back, if you haven't been saved, the first step is to ask Jesus Christ to save you, amen, to believe on the blood of Jesus for salvation. Believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, was buried and resurrected three days later for your sins. Understanding your sin debt, understanding that Christ, as the perfect spotless lamb, shed his blood on Mount Calvary to save you. When you believe on Jesus, you repent before the Lord, you get right with him, you you turn from, you know, I'm sure you know what's, if there's something standing in the way of God, I'm sure the Lord has convicted you about it. Maybe it's pornography. You know, ask God to remove it from your life and get it out. If it's on the phone, throw the phone out. If it's on the computer, get the computer out. If it's on the TV, get the TV out. Stop playing games. Stop flirting with sin. Maybe it's alcohol. Uh, Maybe it's lying. Maybe it's coveting. We don't, I don't know, only, you know, I don't need to know. You know, and God knows, amen. That's all that matters. You go to the Lord, you ask him to help you. He'll deliver you from it. You know, brother, I've struggled with a lot of things in life and I've asked God to deliver me from it. And he's been faithful and just to deliver me from it. Sometimes it wasn't fun, but the Lord has delivered me from it. Amen. And so we can trust God. And once we live godly, we can expect godly deliverance. And we saw David living godly by not putting his hand on God's anointed, uh, by all his prayers and praise to God, his faith in God. He was justified by his faith. He believed God would deliver him, and God did. Amen. And David was richly rewarded for it. David's not perfect, but neither are we. And so we have this example of godly deliverance from King Saul in the Bible that we can turn to and thank God for and use for an inspiration for us that we will be delivered by him as well as we turn and seek him and believe on him. Thank you for listening. Take care. God bless. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119, verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.